You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. Got a special show for you today as I partner with Josh Neighbors to give you a crossover episode for Big 12. We are going to talk about the Big 12 and all of their issues with Oklahoma and Texas. We're going to have a few conversations about the ACC and the respective schools. What would it mean for some schools to maybe join the Big 12 or vice versa? Or, you know, in general, what does the state of the Big 12 look like? Are there any sort of similarities between the ACC or any schools feeling high up on Josh gives me his thoughts on the Coastal and Atlantic teams, whether or not some people are too high on the horse or they're underrated. So we're going to give you that exclusive look today. Get ready. Here we go. All right, is a crossover edition of the Locked On Big 12 and Locked On ACC podcast. I'm here with Candace Cooper. And uh, Candace, we were, we were going to kind of do a back and forth about the previewing the season, which we'll do a little bit. But um it's just pandemonium chaos. Uh, I'm not well right now because of all the news <laughs> happening. Uh, I don't know how to process. So I, I think that the best way to do this is obviously, you know, locked on ACC. Um, there is potential that what's happening in the big 12 right now could affect the Atlantic coast conference. So first I want your thoughts as a whole as to what's happening. And, you know, then you can just fire away with any questions that you have from a big 12 perspective. Absolutely. Well, first, let me say, Josh, thanks so much for having me. I think it's fun to do a crossover episode. And I'm so glad after leaving Media Day that we don't have this kind of spicy content to go over. That's, you know, ACC, we've got a lot, right? We've got a lot of issues. We've got Dabo's comments and like things like that. But we don't have teams up and saying they're ready to go. Notre Dame pretty much being on the outs. We addressed that at the beginning of the day. And like that was that. But having the fact that Texas and Oklahoma might not be in the Big 12 in the coming weeks is wild to me. So I want to know immediate reactions to you hearing the news. And did you actually take it seriously? Yes, I took it seriously because so I work at Sirius XM and uh, I work for the Big 12 channels most of the time. And so we've had Joe Joe Castiglione from Oklahoma a lot and Chris Del Conte and they're pretty serious dudes. So I once I saw that that was out there, um, I didn't think, especially from the Oklahoma side, like Texas can be there's always a lot of conflicting information about what's happening in Texas sometimes, mm-hmm. but the Oklahoma, like once I saw that, I, I knew it was for real, especially when you see some of the reporting, it was all pretty legitimate people with good connections. So, um, you know, my thoughts just like on all of it just keep changing. I, I think the most, the craziest part to me mm-hmm. is the AM being kept in the dark thing. Like that, how is that for building a strong collective of, of people, right? Like, yeah. hey, we're one big conference, except we kept you in the dark and here come two more teams. Um, it, it just, that kind of, that kind of summarizes all of this. It was, it was shady. It was shady and, and to part of my language, but shady and shitty. The, both those <laughs> things are definitely true. Um, it's going to leave a lot of programs scrambling, which is super unfair to them. Uh, yeah. It's going to break up rivalries. It's going to dilute the SEC, I, in, in my opinion, with 16 teams, just a lot of teams. Uh, and it's clearly a cash grab, which also, but also at the same time, it's not going to make Oklahoma and Texas are now less competitive in football and potentially in basketball by joining the SEC than they would be if they'd stayed in the Big 12. 
Absolutely. And so Coach Clausen, he was asked from Wake Forest what his opinions and thoughts were. And he immediately went to, you know, like not my conference, not my issue. And I honestly am all for him with that, because if you think about it, it just seems like a hot mess that didn't have to be a hot mess. And for Mm -hmm. you as a Big 12 covering that, whatever, do you feel like it's a slow start to dismantling the Big 12 or are they going to maybe make it a smaller conference? But how do you feel, you know, as the conference leader, you know, are you kind of Scratching your head, uh, I, it, it feels like it's, it might not be a slow dismantling. It might be a pretty, <laughs> might be a pretty quick one. TCU, I think TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor have already reached out to the um, Pac-12, and to that I yeah. would say nothing. Nothing screams more like a Pacific Coast conference than uh, than having you know Waco uh, school in Waco in your conference, right? So <laughs> it's it's just a total it's a total mess right now. Yeah. Um, it. It really is funny, like thinking about the playoff restructuring that we're, you know, the, that conversation, mm-hmm. like, it's really weird because that kind of came out of nowhere. You know, yeah. I think, you know, we knew some meetings were happening, but I I don't think we saw like that coming, you know, lightning in a bottle, all of a sudden just kind of happened. Right. Right. And so this feels just like that. And it's like, um, it kind of makes you feel it, it, this, this sport feels so unsteady. Like for a, for it being the second biggest sport in, in America, which I believe it is by like pretty much every single metric and the NFL has it beat. Like it just feels really morally, well, organizationally bankrupt, morally bankrupt as well, but it just feels like really flimsy. I know right. the SEC, it doesn't feel that way because there's such a strong brand, strong conference, but the fact that we're about to see one of the power five conferences, power five that just had a team win a national championship in basketball, right? Baylor, Baylor right. just won a national championship in basketball. Right. It's about to be dismantled. And that national championship basketball team might not have a home coming up, yeah. which is yeah. wild. And that just kind of shows you that we're just the strange, weird times that we're in and everything is changing college sports. And to me, it's changing too fast and there's no oversight for it. Well, you would think that if they have a 12 team playoff expansion, they're going to want to stay in the big 12 because it's a little easier draw to be like, we dominated the big 12. We deserve a spot versus we were in the sec. We were in the middle of the road and kind of, okay, well, I think the committee is going to look at other places. They want to like diversify the pool. So you would be more fitting for you to stay right where you are. And a 14 playoff too. It's more, it's more fitting. Think about this for Oklahoma. If you stop losing to Kansas State, you can be in the playoff every single year, right? I mean, that's the truth. If they, if they beat Kansas State yeah. last year, they're eleven. They're they're one loss team. They make mm-hmm. the playoff probably, and they were playing great football last year. I would not have been shocked if we saw Oklahoma in the championship game. I don't think they were going to beat Alabama, but they play. They were playing. They were one of the best three teams in the country second half of the season last year. And think about that. They've won the conference six straight times under the new format. That would give them an automatic bid into the into the playoff. Um, it already, it already, you know, gives them an automatic bid basically every other year, you know, because yeah. they've, they've been to the playoff. What is it? Two, three times, three times, mm-hmm. right. They've been to the playoff three times. So that to me is that one's head scratching. I think they're going to be okay. Texas is weird. Cause they're just going to be mediocre, man. And also yeah. their rivals, A&M, your little brother now, like yeah. they, they're better than you. They're a lot better than you. They recruit better than you. They develop talent better than you. They had a better coach than you. I mean, you know, AM sees themselves as a team, you know, they they just missed the playoff last year, yeah. right? Yeah. And they they think they're gonna be back and really good again this year. Texas is nowhere near on that level. They'd be happy to make the the, the Big 12 championship game this year. They're clearly <laughs> the third or fourth best team in the Big 12 behind right, Iowa State right. and Oklahoma. So I don't know why you'd put yourself like 
there's a there's a case that Missouri is a better program right now than, than Texas in terms of success and and what they've been putting out in the field. There's a case for uh, schools. You know, Florida is definitely better than Texas. Georgia is better than Texas. Auburn, Alabama, A and M. Like you're about to be the seventh or eighth best team in the conference. Yeah, and, and I just I don't think know that why you do that. Yeah, overall, when you talk about sports in general, like, yeah, football is king, but the ramifications of having to travel for some of these conferences and some of these different sports, you know, having the swim team have to go to, you know, various far and wide. Columbia, South Carolina. (laughs) Right? Like having to do all that just because you guys got greedy. It's just very, it's very on brand, but like, damn, that's, that's wild. I feel. Well, I always say this. So I went to Missouri. So Mm -hmm. like the only two things that South Carolina and Missouri have in common is that they're both in cities called Columbia, right? Yeah. It's just, there's really not a lot of commonality there. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you're going to have a team in Norman traveling to Gainesville, team yeah. in Norman traveling, you know, uh, all the way to Columbia, South Carolina, like we talked about, Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. right? And so the conference geographically hasn't made sense and it's about to go even more in that direction. Uh, I think it's going to spark other stuff. I think to me, what I'd like to see, and you can get your thoughts on this, I think. West Virginia should go back to the ACC or well, not back, but go to Mm -hmm. the ACC because there are some big East rivals there. They could rekindle with, especially Virginia tech. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're playing the game again this year in football. So I'm very glad they're doing that. And I think it's time for Notre Dame to, to, right. It's it's time for them. (laughs) Stop playing ACC teams five times a year. Join the damn conference. Come on. This is, it's garbage. Like, yeah, we're going to play Syracuse and BC and Wake Forest and, and Florida state and, I uh, know we'll play Duke too, but no, we're not part of the conference. Join the con. Keep your TV contract. Join the conference. How about that? I think it's a fair, yeah. a fair, fair. So Commissioner Phillips, he was on Media Day day one. He had his little State of the Union address, and he was talking about Notre Dame because, of course, we get to AC Media Day. You see all the nice, you know, signage and what have you, and everything's up there. And then right behind Coach, excuse me, Commissioner Phillips, there's a picture of Notre Dame, and it's like that's funny because this is football media kickoff. Why are they on the screen? And he essentially answered the question. He tried to crack a joke about how that the Fighting Irish love two things: they love Catholicism and they love independence. And he's like, sometimes they confuse <laughs> the two, and like nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody that's laughed. That's actually funny, though. That is right. Funny. It's funny, and like nobody laughed. Funny. And he was like, uh, "Guys, that was a joke." Like it yeah. was like this awkward, you know, one thing. Like, it didn't hit how he thought it would. But I think it's more so because people are frustrated because we keep giving them all of this press, and it's like, the, wh- why do we keep talking about them? They don't want to be with us. But he also has, uh, I think, he has a son that goes there, and uh, essentially the parameters of all of it to say. At the end of the day, they like being independent. That's one thing they want to hold on to. So like the likelihood of it happening. But if they do decide to get in any conference back in 2013, Commissioner Swafford pretty much made in place that they have to go to the ACC. So it could happen, but he's not holding his breath and nor should we. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're in the ACC and whatever, every other sport, right? Literally. Basketball, <laughs> uh, I think it's soccer in the ACC. I mean, literally everything. Is, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it. Look, credit to them for having their cake and eating it too. Like, good for them. I mean, it's perfect. But I think as a landscape changes, you know, maybe look, maybe it is they maybe they might be better off if they are independent, right? Maybe that's well, if they are independent. You know, again, it makes it easier for them to try to go to college football playoffs. But how many times do you want to see them get smacked in the college football playoffs? Yeah. Right? All last season when they played Clemson and they got smacked in the ACC yeah. championship. Maybe they don't want to have it. Like I said, they don't want to be in our conference because they don't want to get beat by, you know, the Syracuse's of the world. They don't want to get beat by the Duke footballs of the world and have the one-offs and ruin their chances of, but I mean, Notre Dame's brand is huge. I didn't realize until I really got into the thick of it. It's that's cash is King over there. Notre well, Dame is 
you know, oh, it's, 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 it's because being like, and, and, and I'm not saying this as a knock, like my grandfather, my, my mom's side of the family is Catholic and yeah. they were Notre Dame fans just because they're Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. nobody in their family. And I know multiple people who are like that as well. So that's, that's really, you know, their brand is strong, is so strong nationally uh, because yeah. and look that religious association, like really does help them. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. It's like, look, Clemson Clemson takes their fair share of horrible losses to Pitt and almost to NC State a couple of years ago and Syracuse, and they're still fine. Like, I, I would, you know, I think I agree with them. I think they're they're afraid of, you know, that of of kind of losing their identity and just becoming, you know, into the fray. But I, I would say take that as a challenge, but they'll, they'll never do that. We'll be right back with more Locked On Big 12, Locked On ACC crossover episode. But first, I want to remind you guys that it is your choice to celebrate freedom and you get to choose all these delicious flavors with Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Know what my favorite flavor is? Absolutely has to be mint brownie, double chocolate, or even sometimes cookies and cream. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get the cookies and cream, raspberry, orange, strawberry or whatever you'd like Bill Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order um, I wanted to ask you yeah, I wanted yeah. to ask you though kind of the football side of things mm-hmm. so everybody's talking about North Carolina yeah. and I am not buying it because they I'm not buying Gosh. it at least the first month. No, hold on. So hear me <laughs> out. Hear me out. So first month of the season, right? And not buying it because, because they've got so much skill talent they have to replace in the outside. And they and it, well, at all skill positions on offense besides quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just like it takes some time. I said this about Oklahoma last year. I said, look, they're going to take their lumps, but I want to see Oklahoma in November, much like Kentucky basketball in October is a different team than it is in March, right? It just takes time to coalesce. So I think the idea that that North Carolina pillar to post is going to be some, you know, uh, team that's going to challenge Clemson. I don't buy that. I, I'm I'm looking in September to see yeah. how things go for them in the in the early going and see how the team coalesces. Honestly, it's a breath of fresh air to finally hear somebody not hype up Carolina because every time someone does, I'm like, no, y'all stop. I know who my team is. You know, like I know who they are. They're the team that drops games to two win Virginia, two win Florida State. Like they have their, they they get too big for their britches and they just, they Mm. drop. They start walking around with their Jordan brand swag. They feel themselves (laughs) and then they just can't play football at the end of the day. And so Matt Brown really hammered home that point. The fact that we are media darlings everyone's been hyping us up but we haven't done anything to earn that so like it's been great we know we appreciate the love but let us actually do some shit before you guys sit here and just rail on us and he said three games he said don't talk to me about national nothing until we win three three and oh then we can start talking about things for me personally friday night in blacksburg game one then we have a conversation and how well you play in that game 
I feel like I'll, I'll know everything I need to know. Like if it's a close one that they can't really pull out, especially with this Virginia Tech team that I think they very much should beat. Yeah. I'm, I'm nervous. <laughs> my, um, my Hokies aren't very good. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Growing up a Virginia Tech fan, it's, it's yeah. tough to see them struggle with what where they are. Do you the think Coach, team, ooh, I oh, wonder, though, do you think Coach Fuente is on the cusp of having to find himself a new job or well, are you feeling a, good he, about he it? He should have found himself a new job a couple of years ago. I'd be honest. <laughs> here's, here's what I'll say, Candace. So Frank Beamer, like at the end, it was bad. It did yeah. not go well for sure. him. But he had the bowl streak, right? Which was huge. Yeah. Fuente lost that. He had the streak against UVA. Fuente lost that. Old Dominion, new t- new kid in the block in the state of Virginia. It's very important they beat them, especially when you go down to the beach and play them. They lost to that team too. Let's see. I'm trying to think uh, what other Virginia team they lose to. Liberty. Oh yeah, new kids in the block also. Growing, growing, uh, you know, perennial power. Liberty in Lynchburg, yeah. Virginia lost to them too. Yeah. I mean, he's making the rounds. If George Mason has a football team, I'm sure he'll find a way to lose them too. <laughs> so I think right now, like I, it had to be a money thing. And look, I know people yeah. connected with the program. Um, they're not happy. They're not happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's been some consternation about the focus of the university as a whole and mm-hmm. their um, their commitment to keeping the tradition of Virginia Tech football as strong as it was before, because it was very when I was growing. You know, they, they were they were close to be being in, in in championship games growing up. They were oh, yeah. in one when I was three years old. Yeah. Uh, obviously, didn't watch it, but that that's they're so far away from that now. Yeah, so far yeah. away from that. And 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 I don't think Justin Fuente is a horrible coach, but this is not a good fit. It's not working out. Right. He's a stubborn coach that like, it's my way. So we have to keep it like with Burmeister mm-hmm. and Hendon hooker situation. I just, if it ain't work, let's, let's stop trying to force yeah. it, but you keep trying to force that bad boy. And so I, I completely yeah. agree. I want to ask you about Miami. Um, yeah. I love, love Dear King. He's a mm-hmm. man. Uh, he's electric. So much fun to watch. I was concerned to be in the season. I did not think they'd be able to protect him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I mean that Miami offensive line's been it's been pretty bad, <laughs> been pretty oh, bad for a, for a minute now. The two, the two Florida schools in ACC, Florida State and Miami, yeah. had, had a really difficult time getting getting that part of the, the line to, the the team together. But you know they're the other team I think people are talking about this year, and because Derek King is such a dynamic and talented player, but you know I do think yeah I have a lot of t- uh, tough time believing them because. You know, it's when it falls on the shoulders of one player. I know they brought in Charleston Rambo and they do have some skill skill position players there, but like I just think it's really difficult when you put it all on the shoulders of one guy. He exceeded my expectations even last year uh, with how well he performed. I, doing it again, coming off an injury, like that would be an incredible performance if he was able to do it. And, you know, let's talk about the fact that he definitely tore his whole ACL. So I'm just yes. like, why are we assuming this man is going to come back? Well, he said he's 100%. Of course, he's going to say he's 100%, right? He's ready to go locked and loaded. But if you cannot protect that guy and he falls funny, it's going to be a long season for Miami. They have to figure out how to protect him, one. But two, can't have him be the only playmaker, right? He saved them in so many games last season, and he really put the team on his back so many times. That's, that just can't be the storyline for this year. Because, one, I just don't think – I mean, seven months to heal and get ready to go he's going to have a lot going and the first game out the gate Alabama you know like <laughs> the dogs are going to be on off the leash so mm-hmm. he it's going to be an interesting place and then Miami you know is always known for their defense Manny Diaz is known for being such a defensive-minded guy but 
it hasn't been what we're used to seeing, right? But I also think that's, you know, it's a tale to Miami and Florida State, the energy that we've seen, they haven't been the top of the conversation. But a lot of people say Miami is going to be up there with Carolina in terms of who wins the Coastal. I, I don't know. Right now, after like talking about Carolina and Miami, I'm like, okay, Clemson's just going to win the whole thing. Let's just move on. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's like, I remember when they used to do what was a college football live, I guess, when it was Reese Davis and Lou Holtz mm-hmm. and Mark, Mark May. They did the ACC Wheel of Destiny. They just spin the wheel and whatever team it landed on, they'd show the highlights from that game. Uh, like that's just kind of the, how it works in the coastal. Like you spin the wheel, who is it going to be this year? That's going to come out of the coastal. And that's kind of always, you know, it's sometimes an eight and four pit, right. Or, uh, yeah. you know, I think it's the seven and five George tech uh, a few years ago did it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like that division is just ripe for the taking for someone yeah. just yeah. go and grab it. And Absolutely. I think, I think North Carolina is in the best position to do that. Um, right now, but like, you know, it's it once again, it's just, hey, line up to go play Clemson at the end of the year. Had to take a brief pause on that Locked On ACC, Locked On Big 12 crossover episode to remind you guys that you, if you haven't yet, get ready for the season with Bet Online, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all sports action. We have got football, basketball, baseball, and everything else getting ready to be in the thick of it, and you have got to get on track with all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online. On your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, and I, so I want to get your thoughts on, on DJ Luangale because yeah. I think he's a, um, He's such a, like, you know, good comparison in in basketball with like Russell Westbrook, his usage rating is going to be high because of his skill set, right? This is a guy that's going to just, I think his best quality in the beginning might be the the fact that he can demand so much attention from a defense because of everything that he brings. I thought we, I thought we saw that in spades when they played Notre Dame. Um, And I'm excited. I I love watching quarterbacks like struggle and mature and grow. And I think that's going to be really cool to see a guy with his level of talent like work through that stuff. Yeah. When it comes to quarterbacks, I think, you know, the quarterback in the AC who has the most pressure is definitely Sam Howell because DJ, let's say he has to go through these growing pains, right? Automatically the storyline is going to be, well, he's not Trevor Lawrence. So like, let's give him some grace, like X, Y, Z. But if he's phenomenal, it's going to be like, Oh, see DJ's the man screw Sam Howell. Like he should be in the Heisman conversation, all of that good stuff. So he's in such a good boat. And at the end of the day, having Justin Ross return and being one of your weapons certainly helps right? And there were games where when he played Boston College, he was definitely in that bad boy and definitely making a name for himself. So I think that DJ will be just fine. He talked about the fact that he's 250 and he is mm-hmm. all of 250. And, yeah, you know, he's a big he, boy. He said he and Trevor Lawrence were about the same kind of type of player. So I think both having passion for football is really going to be key. I'm excited for Big Cinco to do his thing. But I will say, you know, any sort of like Hiccups we see, they're going to annihilate him. I think, well, they'll give him a little grace because they say, oh, well, Trevor messed up a little bit sometimes. But because of how dominant Clemson is in general, it's like I, I don't see them struggling that much. Right. The, only get, the only team that may give them some trouble is Boston College. And that's because of last season. Yeah, that was that was the that was the weird game too. I think it was Boston College up like two or three scores on them all of a sudden, mm-hmm, and, they, mm-hmm. and they they had the comeback. 
that's that's Clemson though. They 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 lay an egg. But here's a problem for them this yeah. year is that they can't do that because they've got Georgia, and Georgia to me yeah. is like Kirby Smart is feeling it right now. He is he was really confident media days, and I think that Georgia team Georgia team we saw at the end of last year was also you know it's, they they played great. Mm-hmm. They return a lot, and I need I know even. Uh, without I'm really blanking on his name, wide receiver uh, George Pickens. Even without him, mm-hmm. I still think they're really dangerous. They've got a great backfield. I love the way they base their uh, their attack off you know the play action pass because they establish the run. They're very much an old school team with that. Their defense returns a lot too. So, I, you know, I I'm kind of leaning Georgia in that first game. I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on DJ, and we'll see what happens. But I think that offense is going to be a well oiled machine uh, okay, coming so in. Ask you. Let yes. me ask you, does it say a lot about Clemson and the ACC if Georgia dominates them in that first game out? No, because I think it's the first game. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe if those two teams played in November – because, like, I think the one thing a lot of us forget when we yeah. cover college sports is that they're 18- to 22-year-old kids. <laughs> so, like, the like I remember myself in college. It wasn't too long ago. And, like, you know, like, man, I sometimes wouldn't go to class on Wednesday or – Friday, like you couldn't depend on me for that. So sometimes <laughs> we depend on these kids to be like natural progression. One game to the next yeah. game better. They had a fall camp. They should be good to go. They were this last year. They should be this this year. Like right. that doesn't always work out. And it's okay if it doesn't because they're kids and they're learning how to, you know, play play football at a higher and higher level. So I yeah. think Georgia's at a better place because of the fact that like their infrastructure on offense is basically all returning, right? They're, they're, they're bringing all that back uh, on offense to, you know, to, and the defense is always really strong too. So I, I think that's why I favor Georgia. And uh, I'm expecting also it's going to probably be a pro Georgia crowd, even though it's in Carolina, I, I still sure. expect it to be a pro Georgia crowd. So yeah, I, I just think I, I like their vibe right now. And also their margin for error is a little bit less than Clemson's because Clemson, if they win the Georgia game, like it's off, you know, they're good to go. I mean, they yeah. can, they can afford a loss at some point in time, but if Georgia loses, I mean, you really? probably, in a fourteen playoff, you got you got one more loss to give. If you lose, because here's the thing: is is if you lose two games, it's going to be really difficult to get in the playoff. That's yeah. the problem. Because you know, let's just say they. I mean, if they lose to to Clemson, and let's just say they lose to Alabama at the end of the year, all right, you got a case. But the problem is, you probably you probably lost to two playoff teams. Mm-hmm. So should you be in the college football playoff if you lost to two teams that are in the playoff? No, you know, just by kind of logic. So I think they're in a you know, people are saying, oh, you know, they can give that game away. I don't think they can. I really yeah. don't think they can give it away in the way that, that some people think they they have to. So, um, you know, I think the margin for error for Georgia is a little bit higher there because Clemson's schedule is a lot easier than Very Georgia's true. is. Yeah. Very true. Uh, do you have any Big 12 related questions you'd like to ask? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like all the spicy ones got taken. And- yeah. Well, I mean, what's left of the Big 12? You want to ask me about tennis, whatever it is. You know? No, I think overall, though, you know, just how you're feeling about the conference. Do you see some early? I know you talked about Texas kind of being middle of the road when it comes to SEC, but do you see them kind of making a challenge and having a run this season? Or is it going to be the Iowa States of the world? Is it going to be, you know, another conversation where we're talking about Baylor maybe, you know, throwing themselves out there in the ring? Who do you have? as your favorite so Oklahoma's got to be the favorite but Iowa State um Matt Campbell I I said look maybe you should cash his chips last year I was wrong because I forgot he's got 21 guys 21 to 22 starters coming back so that's obviously a tremendous advantage to have 
Right. Look, I like Steve Sarkeesian. I think he's a really good coach, but the problem is he's inheriting a team that's not his players, right? These aren't his, they aren't his guys. Um, you know, this isn't his quarterback. And that is a big part of a guy who calls plays on offense. It's a huge part of what he does is he needs, uh, you know, he, he needs to have his own quarterback in there. And we'll see. It's probably going to be Casey Thompson over Hudson Carter wins that battle. But, you know, I, I still think they're the third, maybe fourth best team in the conference. I think Oklahoma State's in a good position, but it really is this year, Iowa State and Oklahoma and then everybody else. And those two teams, uh, I expect, are going to fight it out for a spot in the college football playoff. Well, let's talk about Steve Sarkeesian for one second, because I feel like a lot of people, he's definitely gotten this opportunity to fly under the radar with all this craziness going on. But you talk about a man with like 20 lives here. He yeah. is getting one of the best coaching jobs in the country. How do you think that he is going to deliver? Because at the end of the day, this, this seems to be short leashes for Texas, but... You know, maybe he'll bring some of that Alabama juice and give himself kind of those lifetime contract, Nick Saban type energy. Yeah, yeah if he can. I mean, here's the thing is like you got to practice some patience because mm. it's not going to happen from overnight. They, they've got a lot to overcome there. Uh, and for them, it's like, you, look, give him some time to build a program. You know, this is a guy that we know is a good offensive coach. We know he's got a good offensive mind. We've seen him have success. Let give him an opportunity to excuse me build the team that he wants to build, and also poaching Pete Krakowski from Washington to be his defensive coordinator was a massive, massive coup. I think it's an excellent move. Right. So give them some time to build the program they want, build the roster they want, and I think if you trust that, you know, trust that process, you're going to end up better. I don't know what that looks like. It needs some more time, but Tom Herman recruited at a high level. They just didn't. They did not develop talent well enough. So. That to me is what they have to do, but give them some time. They won't, they'll, they'll probably win eight games this year and immediately put them in the hot seat next year or something like that, but they should give him some time to build that thing up. Final question. Are you going to give yourself more of a, we're a basketball conference once all of this stuff goes down, or are you still going to go hard for the football school? Well, I, I mean, whatever's <laughs> left of the, of, the, of the conference. No, look, here's the thing. It's that, you know, I think as much as we're talking about the, the competition football, like Texas basketball I love Chris Beard's chances in the SEC. Mm-hmm. He's automatically probably – actually, I don't have any problem saying this. Chris Beard is – if they go to the SEC, is the best coach in the SEC when it comes to basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is, period. Um, so I like that for them. And I actually think that Oklahoma is going to do very well in basketball as well in the SEC. But still, mm-hmm. Kansas remains. West Virginia mm-hmm. remains. Baylor remains. Texas Tech has been a good, good program for a long time. Oklahoma State last year just got, you know, the guys who the number one player of the draft and they're returning some good players in that roster as well. Right. Uh, this is a, it is a basket and it's football is king in this part of the, that part of the country, but make no mistake about it. The best conference of basketball last year, in my opinion, was the big 12 from pillar to post. It was, it, I thought it was the best with the teams that they had, you know, in there. And uh, I, I'm curious to see if they can continue that, that trend, even without two of the teams that were not the top, top, but towards the top of the conference, I still think though that they're going to have. I mean, if they stay together, right? If, if, if they stay together, <laughs> they'll be a good basketball. They'll be a good basketball conference. But that's look. If if if, if Baylor is able to go to the Pac-12, uh, <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of unhappy UCLA basketball fans probably because the, I think Baylor is going to have going to be the best team in that conference by yeah. a little while. So we'll see. But I mean, I don't think you could argue right now that Big 12 basketball uh, is worse than Big 12 football. 
For sure, for sure. And I think that ultimately, you know, it's going to be what it is. Like as much as we talk and moan and groan about it, like we know that cash is king when it comes to football. And I think yeah. the SEC wants to put itself in a position to monopolize. But at the end of the day, you are saturating the product and you're honestly hurting these middle of the road teams. A lot of these guys are trying to get shine and burn. And I just don't think they'll have the same you know, opportunities. So I don't know that people really you know, if you say it's about the athletes, if you say it's about putting yourself on the biggest stages, why would you try to go and have to like def- compete, you know, in the SEC? Why would you do that? That's silly. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. <laughs> uh, Candace, where can people find you and all of your work in its variety? No doubt. You can find me at Candace D. Cooper on Twitter at Locked on ACC five days a week. We have different co-hosts every single day for up to 30 minutes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And I look forward to talking football all season long. Might do a crossover episode. Should we get some, you know, bowl game action here? Or, you know, if we figure out one of the... Yeah, we'll see what four teams are remaining. We'll talk about them. them. There we go. Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show at LO Big 12. Candice, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.